Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends. It's the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky, coming to you from an undisclosed location. Unfortunately, I cannot be with the group today. I'm going to turn it over to my good buddy, Eddie Guevara, for the introductions and the setup for what's going to turn out to be a great topic of discussion today. So, Eddie, take it away. Guest star, Richard Hiller. All uh, right. I'll let Richard give himself a, a little detail about himself. And let's start out with uh, with you and Chuck. Uh, Chuck, uh, how are you doing, you and Sherry, actually? Okay, very, very Hello. good. I, well, we finished up. Oh, man, I had maybe like <laughs> about 25 shows. I don't know. May was really busy. It, it was ridiculous. But I'm, a fun busy. Yeah, but I'm just glad that I'm done. I'm off for, uh, for a few days. And uh, so we're just, uh, you know, doing some fun things. Uh, we went to Catching our, up on house stuff. And We yeah. went to our son's house yesterday for Memorial Day. We had a blast swimming and so the forth. Family, yeah, it was so, great. Yeah, we're gonna go. Fun. We're gonna go golfing, and you know we're gonna do a few things like that. And uh, so, yeah, we're just chilling now, kind of taking it easy. Took a walk today, and uh, how's everything going with you, Sherry? Did a lot of filming today. Yeah, we did a lot. <laughs> we did a lot of filming. Yeah. We sent you another Chuck's corner, like I said. Yeah, so we're anyway. doing good. That's beautiful. Yeah, everything's going along. And uh, Richard, Richard, yes, welcome on board, my friend. Give us a little rundown of your life. Uh, how you were able to get uh, Abbott and Costello out of the grave to have them post. <laughs> Or your photographs, I mean, pictures that you draw. So give us some background. Well, um, I was born a long time ago in uh, <laughs> in, in uh, Virginia uh-huh. and grew up in a very rural uh, atmosphere. My grandfather was a farmer. Oh, wow. Uh, my grandmother was a homemaker. My mom was an accountant and my father worked uh, as a factory line supervisor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have these role models and, and fortunately I had, I had good parents growing up and, um, but, uh, I wasn't into any of that. Uh, I loved comic books and I love monster movies. Wow. And, um, thankfully my mom loved them too. Aww. And, um, mm-hmm. she was, she was really, um, instrumental in me seeing, the value in my artwork. Uh, she was always a big supporter of that. But, you know, being a, a kid in school, a, where I grew up, kids didn't go to New York to art school. They, they again, mm-hmm. they went into the military or they became farmers or law enforcement or what have you. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. uh, in 1978, my mom pulled me out of school very mysteriously and brought me to... Um, Actually, where I work right now, she brought me to James Madison University, which is in the northwest corner of Virginia. And uh, they were having a special guest speaker at, in the uh, art school that day, uh, a gentleman by the name of Stan Lee. You, might have heard, you may have heard of him. Yeah, that's, that's and the man. For those, that's the man. Wow. for those who don't know who Stan Lee is, I'll let Chuck say. Oh, he's the man. Oh, he's behind the comic books for the last 50 years, I guess. He just passed away, didn't he, if I'm not just, mistaken? Well, a couple years ago. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. Uh, he's the creator of the Marvel Universe, and uh, he took a look at some of my drawings and told me that if I stuck to my guns and continued to practice and to be a good artist, you had to draw and paint every day, 
that I can make it. And, uh, wow. and that, and that was it. And I just, I set my sights on leaving rural Virginia and going to New York. I ended up at Pratt Institute. I got my bachelor's degree there and I lived in New York for 20 years and I swore wow. I'd never swore I'd never leave. Uh. Um, I worked for ad agencies. I worked for DC comics. I worked for Marvel comics. I worked for dark horse comics. Um, did all kinds of stuff, got to travel all over the world. And then I met this young lady. She was from Woodbridge, New Jersey, and she loved Abbott and Costello, Lee Frankenstein. She loved Vincent Price. She loved Bela Lugosi. Wow. And uh, we fell in love, and we've been married now next year. Or no, wait a minute. Next year will be our 30th anniversary of our first date. Hey, that's almost the same as ours. We yeah. just turned ours is 30, 31 just awesome. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Awesome. And wow. then nice. and then we got married in 96. So 2026 will be our uh, 30th wedding anniversary. But nice. she's, she's been my my best asset, my biggest cheerleader. Oh, absolutely. As, and um, but she wanted to live she wanted country living she grew up mm -hmm. watching green acres uh. all that garbage and uh, guess who lost the coin toss uh. so back in uh back in 99 we moved back to virginia and i started teaching here at uh james madison university i'm actually in one of the classrooms right now that's why you get this lovely echo uh, so but cool. um wow anyway yeah i've been here this is my i just started my 25th year of teaching with uh the summer session i always count the summer session as the beginning oh, of yeah. the new year because now do, you now do you teach art richard what do you teach? i do i teach okay. illustration oh, i teach nice. illustration and graphic design nice. i'm a member of the new york society of illustrators i've nice. done children's books and movie posters and all kinds of stuff and and what really was a big turning point for me in my career. I had done a bunch of children's books. Um, I guess the first one was published in 2005 on historic space flight, something I'm also interested in, having seen Neil Armstrong walk on the moon on live oh, television. Absolutely. Yes. Had a big impact, and I wanted to share that with kids. I did a series of books about space flight, and then the publisher I was working with, who I had a great rapport with, they... Um, they uh, got bought by a larger corporate entity and a lot of the people that I was working with retired. And then it was like, uh, it was different. And it just didn't feel like, it felt like they wanted to go a different direction. So I ended up uh -huh. saying, okay, I'm going to rebrand now. It's time. I, I, the children's book industry was, was, was really fun and interesting. And I had some great experiences, but there was also a lot of, um, I don't know, stuff dealing with, uh, with, clients and sometimes also I did some illustrations for other writers books and uh, the art direction sometimes wasn't the best for me hmm. and I decided that I wanted to rebrand and go back to my horror roots because uh. that's what I'd been doing like freelance like all the stuff I did for Dark Horse and Marvel was all horror oriented like I worked on Hellraiser for Marvel, and I worked on Universal Monsters stuff for Dark Horse. Um, now DC, I did mostly superhero stuff, like uh, and and not stuff that would be easy to find. Like, oh, what issue did you work on? I mean, I could tell you issue numbers for some of the Marvel stuff, but most, well, most all of the DC stuff that I did was all designing uh, collectibles. So I Ooh. would do the drawings that would then be handed off to a sculptor 
and I would work with the sculptor to bring the drawings to three-dimensional life. Oh, wow, cool. So there's a lot of stuff that DC did back in the 90s and early 2000s that I had my hands-on Superman statues and Batman collectibles and stuff like that. That was a lot of fun. But then I went back and started doing the the horror stuff again and uh, got uh, some folks interested in my work that were really instrumental in turning things around. And that was uh, Phil Noble Jr., who is the um, um, editor-in-chief of the new Fangoria. He tapped me to do a couple of illustrations for uh, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre Mm. uh, article in the first issue when they relaunched in, I guess that's October of 2019 or 2018. I, you know, I can't remember. It's all running together. And then, um, and then I was lucky enough to meet Greg Nicotero, who is the executive producer of the walking dead. And also the, I'll uh, tell you what, Richard, I was, I was probably one of the biggest fans of the walking dead. Oh my God. So, you know, Greg's work, of course. Absolutely. And he tapped me to work on creep show with him. Oh, wow. and I did, uh, I did the key art for season two. So if you yeah. go to Walmart and you see the season two um, DVD, that's my artwork on the slip cover. Oh, nice. nice. And then uh, I did a bunch of illustrations for uh, one of the episodes, like fake movie posters for the background of this kid's room. And uh, that's been those, those two, those two jobs really, really put me on the map. Um, in the, in the industry. So now I've been doing book covers and DVDs and Blu-rays for vinegar syndrome. And I've been doing a lot of stuff for different clients and it's been, it's been great. And it really is, it really is my first love. Um, You know, you say, you say Dracula and you got my attention. So anyway. Nice. Hey, hey, when you do something you really love, Richard, that's, that's awesome. You know, that's, that's really cool. Yes. And what I tell people is I haven't actually worked for a living in, I don't know, 40 some years. Right, right. (laughs) Because what I do, I I love. And even, you know, even the other stuff, a lot of, I have a lot of students sometimes who they're like, well, I want to be an illustrator. I don't necessarily want to be a graphic designer. And I'm like, well, okay. So illustration is great, but it is very difficult to make your living totally and and Mm. completely as an illustrator. And Uh My feeling is I would rather be doing something artistic rather than, you know, being a manager at a Target or working at Michael's or something like that. So that's why I really built a design portfolio. So because I graphic design is a career. It can be a career if you're Mm -hmm. if you're good and you want it. Right. Uh, Yeah. You're in the you're in the waters. You're swimming in the waters you want to swim in. It's not like oh, I'm working Target a day and I'm trying to build this portfolio at night. Right, right. That's right. that's mm-hmm. difficult. That's it, it can be yeah. done, but it's it takes an enormous amount of willpower to make something like that happen. That's true. And I yeah, sorry about the train. I have no I have no uh, uh, I'm sorry. I have hey, no ability like, to silence that. Yeah, maybe that's a horror train, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's the, the, it's, the train. it's the train from beyond the door three. Right. It's going to jump the tracks and come right through the building any second. Just uh, Richard, don't take the train, whatever you yeah, don't, don't take it. Said. Well, you know, it's funny. What the first when I moved to New York. In 1980, the first film I saw projected 
was Terror Train. They had a sneak preview <laughs> at Brooklyn College. And unless I'm crazy and my memory's fuzzy, Jamie Lee Curtis was there. Huh. Wow. Yeah. And That's cool. uh, that was, yeah. That, so there's another train for you. But, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> Well, you know, Richard, one thing that's interesting is we've had, uh, in fact, he's been part of uh, my friendship uh, for over 20, almost 30 years now. His name is Cav Cavarage. He's done several comics that he's published himself. One of them is called Tales from the Void. He's worked freelance for over 40-something years as an illustrator, artist. Um, He's done, uh, like I said, he did... uh, the famous ring guide, you know, where ring collectors and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He did all the illustrations for that. And like I said, he's worked all over the map. And he's also a uh, professor at college where I think he teaches English part-time. Now he's over. Oh, wow. At, you know, he's way retired now. But um, Cap Cavarage has drawn for me and has done illustrations for me for many years now. And he actually worked in the same book. I've been working now. Uh, when Mail Order Mysteries by Kirk Demaris came out, are you familiar with that book? I've heard of it. I, I don't have, I don't possess it. Okay, if you were to turn to page 157, 154, the book, uh, Kirk Demaris flew over to my area, and he photographed about 80% of my collection. Uh, the whole book is based on my collection, except for a few items like masks and stuff that were, you know, the masks themselves. I, I don't really collect masks because they're so hard to upkeep. Yeah, uh, that's Ray Castillas. Ray Castillas is uh, probably the leading top stone uh, authority out there when it comes to masks from the 1970s. He has hundreds mm-hmm. of them. Wow. Um, now, Nick Nicotero, it's funny that you mentioned him. A few years ago, I was in work one time and uh, this person wrote me on eBay and said, hey, what can I get this, this and that? So I gave my phone number and I told him to call me. And a lady called me and she goes to me, hi, uh, my boss wants to know how much, you know, so I gave, I believe he bought the moon monster, the six foot Dracula, the six foot Frankenstein from the Lowell toy company. Right. And I, uh, I sold them to him. Now, to give you a little background is when the, back in the 1980s, early eighties, I got married in 83. Okay. So in, in around 84, 85, I, I had considered starting a mail order business, but I wanted to do a novelty business. So at that time, since you really don't have computers, you don't have anything, and, and anything you do has to be paced up and stuff like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. I had considered, why don't I just look out for any of the companies that used to run mail order ads in comics? And I would start, you know, by letting them, or if they let me use their artwork, whatever, that would be phenomenal, you know? All I got to do is get the products. So what happened was, is I started contacting all the mail order companies from Honor House to Johnson Smith, uh, all that. And one particular company called the Fun Factory, you had the Fun House in New Jersey, which I'm sure you're familiar with. That's the one you always saw in comic books. The ad with the million dollar, uh, it says you can get a million dollars in U.S. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was owned by Jack Aboff, and he was out of uh, P.O. Box 1230. It is 1224. Newark, New Jersey for like 50 years, but the fun factory was located in, um, in a union, I'm sorry, 117 union street. I believe it was in Palisades park. So what happened was, is I was able to get, uh, you know, I I sent letters to the court and try to figure out who owned the trade names. Right. 
So mm-hmm. I got a name of uh, Lewis Weiss that had owned the Fun Factory. And, you know, I tried to track him down, but I saying no forwarding address, you know, available, whatever. So one day I figured I had an office in uh, Route 46, a small little office at the time. And I decided to get a yellow pages that I had there from Bergen County, New Jersey. So I said, let me look up. And I figured, you know what, whoever sold, because I had learned after all my tracking that anybody involved in mail order had to be Jewish. For some reason, every novelty company was either Jewish or or nothing else, right? So <laughs> I figured it's got to be an old Jewish person who's probably very rich and is definitely going to live in Bergen County. He's not going to live in Hudson County or... So right. I saw two devices on the phone book and I called up the one. The first one obviously was a dud. The second one... When I started talking to them, uh, they uh, automatically, um, the, the wife was on the phone and she kept like questioning me this. And I said, I think I got the right guy. <laughs> and she puts him on. Oh my. And, you know, it was kind of, the, the rest was history. Uh, he was so, so taken back by me calling him and <laughs> finding him 10 years after the company had done, uh, you know, other. And he decided that we needed to meet in person. So what we did is uh, we met up and the rest, you know, we actually, he allowed me to meet up with uh, Bernie Slotnick from DC Comics, uh, who was in charge of all the advertising for DC Comics by 40 years. Uh, I met through him. I met um, uh, Craig Taubeck, who also managed Johnson Smith from 1968 through 2010. Um, I met, uh, so I became friends with all those people through Lou. And I had found out that the American Circle Corp, which was always the company that had the hypnotic 25 lessons in hypnotism that showed a guy hypnotizing a female with yep. the stars in the background, that was produced. All that artwork was originally the House of a Thousand Mysteries, who actually drew that uh, back in the, you know, back in the 60s. But American Circle, uh, there was an advertising agency in New York called Filer and Levy Advertising. And they were uh, friends with Lou. So Bob Levy and Lou started the Fun Factory. So when they started the Fun Factory, all the artwork was, that's why it's kind of similar. But anyway, Lou allowed me and made my dreams come true by going into business with me. And we opened the Fun Factory again in 1989. And I had a magic shop, which I closed down. But then the Fun Factory uh, started thriving and stuff. And we ran a full page ad in 1992. 93, like it was the end of 92, beginning of 93, DC Comics. So any DC Comics that you pick up from that year will have a full-page Fun Factory ad in it, which was mine. Now, that that ad, believe it or not, according to what uh, Bernie Slotnick told me, which you're probably familiar with, uh, Bernie Slotnick uh, said that it had been years, over 10, 15 years since anybody had run. So technically, the first company that ever ran a comic book ad was in Superman number one was uh, Johnson Smith Company. And the last yeah. company that ever run an ad was Fun Factory Fun in 1983. Now, the thing about this, I was going to tell you, Richard, which was interesting is I went with Lou and we started. So I had a magic shop that I closed down at the time. But what I did is through meeting Edwin Wagman, the owner of Honor House, Jack Aboff, uh, there was a guy called LB in Texas that he always saw wooden nickels and, and he <laughs> had like a small B. Uh, 
all those people. I mean, I kept contacting people and talking with them. I met Harold Van Brahut from Trans Science Corporation, who invented the sea monkeys and stuff. And I was able to talk and meet all these people in the early 80s. And what I kept doing was storing and amassing a collection of comic book novelties, unlike any other, uh, where I was able to obtain the only Polaris nuclear submarine. I have the seven-foot monster ghost that they sold in comics. I have the original Johnson Smith and the original, you know, Melton Company and the Honor House. I do have those three originals. And the thing is that, you know, for them to survive 50, 60 years in mint condition, it's it's unheard of. But if you were to look in the center of Mail Order Mysteries, you'll see my entire collection. I wrote But what I was going to say is when I got the call, was telling you with my when I got the call from the secretary and I said, Look, I, I want so much, I think it was like 600, 700 dollars for all three posters or something. She goes to me, Listen, uh, my boss, and I said, I actually asked her, Is your, your, is this your husband or bro, who are you buying it for? And she goes, Oh, no, no, it's my boss. And I said, Well, what type of genre is your boss boss into because i was thinking of sending him a free mail order mysteries at the time mm-hmm. and she goes well please don't tell anybody but his he's nick nicotero the producing of the walking dead so he became a customer of mine and i was there you know i had his office number and stuff and and that that's kind of funny i just wanted to mention that because when you said nick nicotero well he's uh, been he's been great to me and um the just the we we met at the we met at New York Airport at a show. Uh, it's called Jersey Fest, and uh, they're they're bringing the show back for uh, 2023. Of course, you know COVID threw a wrench in everything, and, right. and mm-hmm. they haven't had the show since 2019. But it's coming back in September, and he was a guest there, and um, I'd finished setting up my booth. I had about I guess 20 originals on display in frames. And um, the promoter of the show, Rob Salony, uh, had me come over and introduced me to Greg. And Greg was interested in my artwork. And it just took off from there because Greg's uh, slightly younger than me. He, uh, he just turned 60, I think, last month and then or earlier this month. And, uh, but, you know, I think this is true with uh, – chuck as well i mean we grew up watching all this stuff on tv absolutely and we had it in they would uh my local uh hometown theater used to run old old horror movies on saturdays so like in yeah what's amazing is i remember this stuff in 1968 my mom took me to see a double feature of the original frankenstein and dracula and after the movies were over, we came out. It was Saturday afternoon. After we came out in the sunlight, I was covered head to toe in chicken pox. Yeah. Oh, I, had, my. I had bloomed while we were watching the movies. Oh, my uh, goodness. Isn't that crazy? That is. I, I, I wonder how many people you infect. Oh, uh, let's, yeah. let's not talk about that. Let's not my talk goodness. about that. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, we, we grew up watching this stuff. And uh, what Greg really responded to with my artwork, and I'll say this twice, I'll say this again uh, when we're wrapping up, is that uh, I'm on Instagram. The I don't have a website anymore. It, my Instagram is the Batman Professor, the Batman Professor, all one word. And um, you can see my artwork there. I don't do any oh. foodies or selfies or anything like that. 
But um, what he responded to when he was looking at my work was the fact that I am very inspired by the artwork that we saw in the original night galleries and also mm-hmm. in of course basil gogos on the covers of famous monsters and you know I, i'm gonna say frazetta but everybody's inspired by frazetta but nobody is the equal of frazetta let's just say that, yeah, that that's hard to reproduce you yes know, when, when you're saying basil gogos man i took seven rare <laughs> very old magazines of famous monsters of which he had been, you know, the cover artist. Mm-hmm. And I took it to him to sign, but I didn't realize that he was almost at the, you know, the end of his line, you know? Mm-hmm. And when he started signing them, I looked at my friend and I'm like, should we continue? Uh. It was just like a line that we, I had to hold his hand physically oh. and help him to sign it. Oh. I mean, I, I filmed the episode, uh, but the poor guy died, I think, like a month after that. Oh, goodness. And, and I felt so bad. Yeah. I still got the magazines. And, you know, I could say this are his signed by him because I have the video to prove it. But um, mm-hmm. you can kind of say I didn't know if he either messed up the magazines or helped me. But... <laughs> well, the, the best thing the best thing that Jim Warren ever did was have Gogo send those other illustrators, Ron Cobb. And, oh, golly, I can't think of... Uh, I know Gray Morrow did some creepies and eeries. I think he did at least one famous monsters covered. Uh, but all those those wonderful illustrations, they sold those magazines even more than the content inside. And the content inside was great. So, you know, that 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 was that, that inspired a whole generation I yes, think, it did. of artists. Yes, oh, it did. And, and one thing I want to tell you about Basil Gogos, he was kind enough about 15 years ago maybe 20 when Chiller Theater was at its, you know, like infancy when, because Chiller Theater has been around for 30 some years, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, like very, very long time ago, he came in and, and he had his, um, he had his wife with him. And it was kind of funny because he had a big white carnation in this black suit he was wearing. I remember and that. You remember that? Yes. <laughs> I and, remember uh, that. And he gave me. And he had an ascot on, as I remember, too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, he had. He had. I need to. Uh, I need to start rocking the ascot. Yeah, you need to well, get the ascot I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you though, Richard. One thing that I, that's gonna surprise you. He had an original creature that he had drawn, mm-hmm. and he actually sold it to me for sixty five dollars. I think it was. What? Yep. Oh my god. And this, but that's this is twenty. And it's signed. And I also got the signature creature Dracula that he was also selling there. I have about four or five works of art from him. And wow. let me tell you the truth, though. One thing about him I'm going to say, he reminded me of Thurston Howell III. <laughs> you know, honestly, because they were like up there. But this guy was such a phenomenal person to talk to. And, and, and you know, it, it's kind of like, um, let, let's, let's just say this. You know, it's kind of like when you said this other guy, uh, one thing I'm going to say is we were down in um, in 2011, Mail Order Mysteries debuted it, and they actually had it in the New York Comic Con. Stan Lee actually was there the same day we were for about two hours signing a book he had done. And me and Kirk, you know, one thing about the Comic Con that I, I don't know if you've ever been to the New York one, Richard, but it's you can walk. It's not like Chiller where you go, let no. me go to this table. Over oh, it's there, brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. You walk if you're walking in line and you get out of the line to see something, they'll run you down. 
No. Yep. Uh, I, 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 I got turned off by it, but what I was going to tell you real quick about the particular um, that sounds Comic-Con. Like a- it sounds that, like a magic convention out here. Oh man! Yeah, it's well, no, no. But the magic <laughs> conventions, they're still they got a lot of people. But Comic Con is insane because mm. you just don't have room to walk, and that's what sure. makes it kind of drooling. But I was going to tell you, I um, right after Comic Con, me and Kirk were approached by uh, a, I think it was some guy who used to pitch to the history, not the History Channel, the Travel Channel, mm-hmm. and he tried to pitch a uh, a show kind of like American Pickers. Where I had a beer. Well, well, the whole thing is that when Kurt called me to go there so we can sign autographs and stuff of the book, uh, I was kind of sleeping. And he called me when he had touched down in New Jersey and gave me a little time to get there. So I put a shirt, tie, and I went with a beard, like a three, four day beard. And for some reason, because it was salt and pepper, it didn't make me look my real 38 years of age that I am. <laughs> and and um, what happened was that <laughs> that would be nice at 38. What happened was that uh, they they uh, were approaching us because they were trying to do a pitch a thing where Kirk would travel the country, and I would be like the guy that would be able to say how much things were value at or whatever. And apparently that was another thing. I shaved the beard; it wasn't good for them, and whatever. So that didn't go the way it wanted. But I did uh, later uh, in my job where I was working at the time. I got approached by a guy named Calvin Chu. Now Calvin Chu is the um, like the graphic manager, graphic director for NBC. And he approaches me and he goes, Hey, can you sign this book for me? And I'm like, sign this book for you. Yeah. What did you get this? You know? And he goes, I saw you in Comic-Con and stuff, but I, I, you know, I met, so I became really good friends with him and the guy is, is a phenomenal person, but I tried, I was going to get right before um, the epidemic I was going to go to fly over to uh, Pawn Stars in Las Vegas to show the Polaris up to uh, Rick. Rick, yeah. The other one was I was going to go probably on, uh, there's a TV show called LimeWire for Netflix that's run by the Sci-Fi Channel. Sci-Fi Channel, all those channels are owned by NBC. And, um you know, Calvin was thinking about putting me on and then what happened, the pandemic came all, everything stopped and my career stopped at the same time too. And what happened that I was mentioning that is that I've been working on a book that you say book as a second part to mail order mysteries, but not really second parts a book. I entitled it the seven foot monster that never was. Calf Cavarage. He did the cover for the book, and Bosco, a famous uh, coloring guy, did the colorization. And then um, I had some other help there that I do to the, I can't say it over the radio. I mean, I will tell you one day, but I can't say it in the radio. And the reason is that everything got, it's, it, the book is called The Seven Foot Monster That Never Was. It has me looking at the seven foot Frankenstein that came in two pieces right. up in the wall with tape. And it has me as a kid reading the comic book, looking at the ad. But in my mind, I'm picturing a mailman coming in with a crate and there's a monster punching him. Uh, uh, I'm going to send you a picture of it. You're going to like yeah, it. It's a beautiful That's really cover. cool. That sounds pretty and, cool. But anyway, once the book is finished, it'll probably get listed in that LineWire thing because it's going to be what? like a big review for Netflix, which is pretty good. I mean, so Andy, just, yes. going back to the mail water stuff for a moment, you said that you have a mint Polaris sub. And now was that that was cardboard, correct? 
That is correct. There is a, if you go to the YouTube channel, House of the Unusual, mm-hmm. I am several years ago, I, I think like six years ago, I was unboxing that Polaris sub. Um, you could see I'm unboxing my original there. Uh, the sub, again, uh, it's been in my possession for like 50 years, uh, 40 years, actually, 40 some years, but um, it's in perfect condition. It's, it's cardboard. Uh, there was, uh, when Mail Order Mysteries was done, me and Kirk could not find it because I have uh, I have four storage units. One is 15 by 15, oh, one man. is 10 by 15, one is 10 by 12, and one is 5 by 10. And I cannot even walk past the door. You can't fit a shoebox in there. <laughs> oh, golly. Okay? Among there, you will see if you're able to look at any photographs, you'll see the beautiful picture you did of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein which I actually have on top of one of the desks that I have there. Um, I put it there because I'm figuring where to put it because I, I lack space in everything. Uh, so that's, that's the collector's, that's the collector's curse is that uh, you never yeah. have enough space. I was going to say, let's just put it this way. I, of everything I've been collecting, anything you open a comic book, any novelty that's ever been listed in a comic book, I have the original. That's the only killer. thing, the only thing oh. I do not have that for whatever reason, and you know very clearly what I'm about to say, when you would look at comic books, there was Abracadabra Magic Shop uh, that's also owned by Bob, which believe it or not, he's still alive, you know, and kicking. Hmm. Uh, Bob, who owns Abracadabra in Middlesex, New Jersey, used to sell the, the plants on how to make a seven foot monster, but it looked like a Frankenstein. And it was kind of like a picture, a cartoon of a Frankenstein. It said, build your own a life-size monster or mechanical man. Huh. That ad drew my attention over the melting company ad. They had a little kid inside a robot that you can build. And it's called this, how to build, you know, the one in the is our guarantee company, which is the same company uh, with two different addresses. Um, uh, basically, what happened with that is that I wanted to order the plans. But I didn't order the one. I fell for the abracadabra one because it was more like Frankenstein. Right. Today, I regret it because I've been in search of those plants for over 40 years. For the mechanical man. Not the mechanical man, but the one that shows the little kid inside, the robot plants. Oh, okay. okay. He's been been searching for these, Richard, for, oh, I couldn't. Oh, my God. About 45 years, Richard. Wow. And uh, the whole thing is that every collector in the country has been looking for me. Uh. You know, there's stories. I believe one particular guy has it, but that's a different story. Uh, like I said, these are things I will not say on the radio. I will tell sure. you. Sure. Well, but, you know uh, that that's always the way it is. You're looking for something, and then somebody claims they have it, but you never really see it. You really you don't know if they're yeah. being honest or not. And yeah. that 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 exact thing happened to me back in the '80s when I was trying to run down a, an Aurora Big Frankie, and I had. Uh, this is a kind of a fun story. When I was a child, my cousins had a hobby shop. They, they, they lived in the next town over from us and they had every Aurora kit. And my father and I made a deal that every week he would buy one and put it together, but not paint it. If he had to paint it, then he'd only buy one as he got one done. And I said, okay, let's do the no painting thing. 
So I got an Aurora kit every week. He would put it together unpainted. And then in the eighties, I went back and repainted and painted them all. And they look, they look really cool. Cause I had my, you know, I'd already been to art school and had, had a fairly good skill set by that point, but I never had big Frankie because at four ninety eight, four dollars and 98 cents, uh, it was too expensive. Wow. And he, he drew the line because all the other Aurora kits were 98 cents yeah. each wow. or, or the like bride and Godzilla and uh, King Kong. I believe they were like a dollar 29 or dollar 49 <clears throat> each. So I, I went, I went looking for big Frankie and I met this guy at a, <laughs> at a flea market and he claimed he had one mint in the box and I offered him a fair amount of money for it. And he said, well, he was interested. And I said, well, can I come see it and I'll bring the money. And every time I made arrangements to go to his house, he canceled. There was always an excuse. No, there was always an excuse. And that leads me to believe Chuck, he never had it. No. He just, he was, he was just BSing. Yeah. I think, well, you know what? I think you're right. I think, I think somebody told that to Eddie the same way they had the robot. No, plan. no, uh, Here's what here's the story. See, I was able in my tracking because I'm telling you, here's the funny thing about this whole thing. A guy named Jude Cambies, uh, Cambies, he actually came up. Uh, I met him for the first time last week. Uh, he travels the whole country, and his job, you know, is a medical. It's in the medical field, so he came up. He was dying to meet up with me, and we we became like this guy is one of the greatest persons I've ever met. And one of the things that I'm going to tell you, is, especially when you have that, is that the story, and, and I told you the same thing. The, the reason is when I was searching and, and I, he saw, the reason I mentioned him that I met him is that he saw that I have envelopes and envelopes, shoe boxes and shoe boxes of original paper trail. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that, if I ever spoke to, say, Nick Nicotero, the phone number, the secretary, it's written in a piece of paper. I have it in a box. Sure. Time and date. If I spoke with Harold Bamba, I didn't have recording cassette tapes of my uh, speaking with him on the phone back then. Um, so what I'm saying is I showed him. Now, what happened is through my trails of trying to find the original robot plans, I came across the guy who created them, but he had passed away many years prior. His mm -hmm. son gave me information of how it was, how it looked, what it measured like. And I was able to know what the originals were like. Um, this guy that I'm talking about, that might have them. I, I don't want to use names here. I, I was in one of those uh, famous, uh, not chiller, but I was in a regular PAL where people meet and he always goes there. And I was showing other mysteries that had just come out. And I said, hey, look, I have this, this. And he looked at the plants. He goes, oh, you know what? I actually have those plants, but I ordered the one. That had the kid inside. Oh but my gosh! When, when, when he said it to me, I'm like, "What? What?" He does, he doesn't know I'm looking for them, right? Right. So I, I said to him, "Oh, did you ever put it in?" Because I said I had him too, but I I said I had him because I didn't want to say I'm looking for them, even though I'm like, "Oh my gosh, did this guy?" And he goes to me, "Yeah, I actually saved it because it, it it does have a spill of Coca Cola because I did spill Coke on it, but you know, it's right." <laughs> And I still have it right there next to my bed in the table. I've had it all my life. Um, and, I, and then I said, oh, I will. He goes, well, if you want to see, I can bring him next week and show him. But I don't know how he found out I had been looking for 40 years. Of course, maybe one of the collectors had told him accidentally or inadvertently. 
Not but true. the whole thing is the next week, all of a sudden, he couldn't find him. And, all of a sudden, and then one day I approached them and I said, listen, man, uh, <laughs> you were looking for a, a March Hooten, Tooten, whatever haunted house that is super rare, goes for like 1500 I go, I have one here in my hand. Look at it. Take a look at it. You've been, he's like, oh, my God. I said, listen, I'll let you have that for free. Wow. If you bring me a copy of the, the plants. I don't want the original. Yeah. He's like, well, yeah, but then you're going to duplicate them and sell them. And I go, what do you think if I did? You think I'm going to become rich over that? Yeah, really. And so he was like, you know, the guy is a, is a, is a, is a moron. And basically everybody <laughs> agrees. So he, he uh, said, I, I go, tell you what, why don't you bring it? Let me look at them in your hand, okay? And I'll let you have the house. So uh, he goes to me, um, oh I, I have to think. And I said, oh, this guy. So I walked off really pissed off. And that day was Chiller Theater at night. So I go directly to Chiller Theater. And I have the house in my hand because I was walking around in case the, the bubblehead, who apparently used to go to Chiller Theater too, or probably yeah. still does. And uh, I said, if I see him, I'll, I'll see if he's still willing to show me the plans, whatever. Kevin, chill, you know, the dust chiller theater, Kevin Clevins. Yeah. Says, hey, Eddie, uh, <clears throat> what what are you going to do with that house? I go, you know what, Kevin? You like? He goes, oh, wow, man, Eddie, I've been looking. I said, Kevin, give me 400 bucks and it's yours. Nice. So I sold it to him. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just got pissed off at him. Hey, um, Eddie. I think I know who has those plans. I think I know who you're talking about. So we're just, yeah, we're not going to name any names. Okay, um, that, I can tell you this much. He wears glasses. Oh. Okay. okay then, it's not who, then it's not who I think it is. It's okay. No, the, the guy who I'm thinking, one day when he was telling me a story of the guy that used to go with him, to, the guy that used to be his friend that they had the table together with was mm-hmm. a gentleman that used to have an auction house up in, in, um, in Lake something, New Jersey. And the guy was a very good friend of mine. And in fact, this guy back in the 80s was able to get me original American Circle Corp catalogs. That's not a guy named Mark, is it? Oh, gosh. I don't want to say, like I said, let's not get close uh, to the I names. Think was, I think I know who that is. But too. the guy. You know, you're, 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 I've missed Mate. in 30 years. I've missed two chillers. So. <laughs> OK, I, well, the guy, the guy I'm talking about, if you know Herb, <laughs> Herb is. Uh, he's the one that has all the older stuff with the white beard. He's my right. friend. He'll know who the guy is. The, the name of the guy is not Mark. It starts with an M. But okay. what happened? <laughs> what happened is this freaking guy. When he sees me now, he gets like afraid of me for some reason. Um. But when he told me the story that his brother had the house that he was looking for, but his brother before he died made sure he gave the house away so he wouldn't get it. Oh my God! It made me realize what type of you know family background this guy had, oh, and why he's such a jerk. People, now, so, why people do I can know be he... really petty about stuff like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, well, oh, he man. had he had a, a, a calculator robot one time. He's asking five hundred dollars for it in the Wayne PAL, and I was going to buy it and everything. When I came by, he was asking somebody before me a couple of months later. When he saw me coming, that I wanted, he goes, "Oh, I sold it already." Uh, so, no. really, so he lost the sale not to sell it to me right just to be petty i'm not gonna lie i can be petty about some things too um there's a famous director of film 
if I said his name, you would you would recognize it immediately. And back in the 90s, he and I had a little argument about, um, believe it or not, an a animation cell. Um, you know how the Warner Brothers store and the Disney stores used to right, sell real, right, real cells? Right, right. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, this was a cell from Batman the Animated Series. It was a Joker and Harley Quinn, and it was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. And this film director thought that he should have it instead of me, even though I'm the person who put the deposit on it. <laughs> and um, the gallery director gave him my number, and he called me one night. And I was very polite and very respectful until I decided not to be anymore. Right. Because he got he got egomaniacal about it. Because yeah. what he said to me was, well, if you sell it to me, you can tell everybody it's now in my collection. Oh, brother. And now what I said to him was really mean, but it was time for that. I said, well, make a good film and call me back. Uh, and I like that. That's pretty oh, cool. And he said, oh, you're going to be that way. And I said, yeah, and I could be worse if this com- if this conversation continues. Wow. And he said, well, I guess we're done. And then we were done. And then I was at Chiller, what was it, three weeks ago? And, yes. Yeah. And my wife's cousin who works at Chiller, he does uh, security. He works with, I guess, what is it, Big Events New York, that that promotion company oh, that yeah. brings, oh, the, yeah. brings the guests in. He works for them. Anyway, he comes up to me, he goes, yeah, I want something Batman that you've done that I can give to so-and-so because he's friends with this director. And I said, I'm sorry, James, I'm not selling you anything. Uh. I'm not selling you anything to give to this person because I'll be damned if he ever owns a piece of my artwork, Uh much less a piece out of my Batman collection. So there you go. I tell you what, Richard, what you described, believe me, uh, you know, know, in my field, magic, you know, you know, with other magicians, plus I'm a a magic collector i have a lot of uh, you know antique uh-huh. magic props believe me it's the same pettiness i mean i think it's, it's i think it's i think it's in all branches of everything i think it is and, and what a coincidence it has to be with the guy who has the only plants i know of sure you know, you know richard i'm going to tell you one thing i've been going to chiller now about 30 some years mm-hmm. and i used to know kevin clemens when he was back in u.s number one flea market selling vhs tapes yeah. And then I used to go to his Hackersack store. And so, you know, we go back years and years. Yeah. I've interviewed Kevin a couple of times. I have it on my YouTube channel. But what I was going to tell you is when Zachary back, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, Zachary found out that I could duplicate life-size posters. He loaned me his original, which I scanned and started selling. And then he signed like 20 of them for me. And I was the one that bought all those life-size posters back. I sell the the moon monster, the creature, mm-hmm. the, everything, right? So <clears throat> Kevin, uh, at that time, there's a guy, you probably know him very well. Um, he goes by, uh, oh, my God, what the heck is his chiller name right now? I have a mental block on him. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, anyway, it'll come before the day <laughs> the, the thing is over. But anyway, I, I used to go there, and, and chiller, everybody in the chiller staff, is phenomenal. They're great people. And f- a few of the people that are in Chiller that know this individual that obviously, and it's kind of funny because it wasn't not, but I met him, the guy I'm telling you who's a jerk, I met him and bumped into him about, you know, a year ago, the last Chiller, not this one, the, the one in October. 
Mm-hmm. And he saw me, he goes, oh, hi, Eddie, how you doing? And then he just left real quick. <laughs> now, there, there's another guy in Chile that you probably know if I just, he's about six foot five, very big, tall oh, guy. He's big blonde, okay? And he walks around early before Chile starts. He goes around all the things. He's always looking for a bargain. Mm-hmm. That individual approached me six years ago. And he saw that, you know, Mail Order Mysteries had the six-foot Frankenstein and the six-foot Dracula. But the only difference is I have the original boxes they came in. Wow. So those boxes nobody's got except for uh, uh, this guy who just did the monsters. What's his name? Um, the monsters, the director. Oh, Rob, Rob Zombie. Zombie. Okay, Rob oh, Zombie yeah. has Rob it in his collection. Uh, a f- not many people have the, the original box of those two. So he goes to me, oh, you have the Frankenstein box. And I go, yeah, I do. He goes, how about if I buy, he goes, I have a Frankenstein. I need the box. And he offered me at the time 800. And, and then he went on and he finally offered, he found out that I had, I had a fire, Richard, in 1995, where I lost literally half my collection. Oh, my. A fire alarm fire. And I had lost somebody. It survived, but somebody took from the remains of the fire my six foot by six foot uh, King Kong poster where he's overlooking the city. Oh, no. And it disappeared. So he had one. He's like, Eddie, I'll give you this poster that you're looking for for so many years. I'll give. And he finally went as high as twenty two hundred dollars. Wow. For the box of the Frankenstein. And he's giving me the poster. He's also throwing in an additional Dracula without the box to me. Nice. Well, the fact that I told him I'm not selling it to you. <laughs> uh, he goes, you know, I like to do business. I said, well, I never told you I was going to sell it to you. You keep yeah. saying, you want to do business, but I never said I was going to sell. Like, <laughs> so he got so upset that he actually didn't talk to me for like, I think four years. And then finally last October, he's like, Oh, hi, Eddie, how you doing? But, um, <laughs> But you follow what I'm saying? That's how you yes. to some people. But here's well, now, the thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm I sorry. think at some point, I think I know what his la- his name starts with as well. So I think <laughs> I know who you're L, talking about. L. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm not gonna. But you guys, thing. you guys need to speak in code. Maybe talk yeah, to we, pig, pig Latin or something. <laughs> we need. We uh, it'll be like Mars attacks. We'll just go, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have I have undercover told uh, the one guy who I tell you is a big seller there. Uh, the the name well his name is Norm I don't mind saying him because he's a really good friend of mine and he's probably has the best things in Chiller Norm is the guy when you walk into the vending room he's always on the right first booth on the left that's the ghost covered and it's got old toys there he's always got the original great galoo he's got yeah he's the, he's the guy that has all the blow mold Halloween everything. stuff right, on the top right, shelf right me yeah. and Norm, I know Norm very well I've known him for over 20 30 years mm-hmm. and Norm has been trying to, and he's tried in different occasions to get the plans from me from that moron. And the moron <laughs> knows, and he, and he goes, Eddie, he suspects it's you. Anytime I bring it up or anything, they say, no, I'm not giving. Like, he's mm. such a jerk, this guy. Oh, and I would like to pop him in the nose one day, oh. just for the fact that, like, I, well, show me the thing for Pete's sakes. Let me look. How can you let somebody, uh, it's like, whatever, he just refuses. We're just we're just spilling the tea and dishing dirt right and left here, which is pretty funny to me. It is funny, but uh, mm. the 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 one that the one that I think of all the time, and I'm going to be real careful about this. But uh, 
I had a client <laughs> some years ago that I was doing artwork for, and he wanted to stop paying me, and he wanted to start paying me in like trade and product. Right. And yes, sometimes I do that. And sometimes I don't. And this was one of those times where he didn't really have anything that I was interested in. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to take something just to take something when, you know, my, my wife actually likes it when I bring home some extra money on occasion, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. funny that way. Right. And uh, cause we, we got, we got more movies and shit to buy, you know what I'm saying? But um, anyway, um, I told the guy, I said, listen, I, I really need, I really need to be paid. I I can't, I can't do trade because honestly, the stuff that you have is not what I focus on. And he was just like, well, then I guess we're not doing anything. And I said, okay, well, I'm around. You call me if you need me. And, and I tried to leave it on, on good terms. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously it didn't end on good terms. It was just me who was trying to be polite. And this guy starts telling people that he's not working with me anymore because I came on to him. Oh my God. Oh, are you kidding me? No, I'm as serious as can be. Oh my God. And, oh, how rude. And that wasn't, that didn't fill me with joy. Let's, let's leave it. Let's put it to that. Thanks. So. And this is something that I talk about all the time. Now I lived in New York and New Jersey for over 20 years. And then the rest of my life I've spent here in Virginia and people are just different. Yeah, And I don't mean to offend anyone in the sound of my voice, but I prefer the New York, New Jersey style of dealing with people as opposed to the Virginia style. Because the Virginia style is to go up to people you actually dislike and shake their hand and be polite. And I'm not that person. Uh So I run into this guy at that newark airport show because we all move in the same circles and i see him and he sees me and i look at him and i say you stay the hell away from me and we're, <laughs> and we're gonna be just fine oh wow and that's the way you do it and i prefer that i prefer that you know where you stand with me i agree i get direct about it and there's not all this kiss kiss hug hug meanwhile yeah. you can't stand the person yeah. exactly so I pre I you know I appreciate that honesty when you're dealing with people, and sometimes there are people in this world, Eddie, that you just Listen, have, you just have to say you stay away from me. You yeah. have to that you know you know Richard. There is one person I'm going to tell you that big person that we mentioned that you kind of know who I'm talking about. He was approached me one time because I have a very rare like I I've got every pointed product, any haunted bank that's battery operated. I have one or two of, including Monster in the Box and whatever you want to call them, I have one. So there is one particular one, which is a haunted house that a hand comes out of the chimney. That's mm-hmm. so rare. It's so rare that I don't think there's a book uh, about battery operated toys. And when I spoke to the guy who wrote the book, who had everything, he goes, I never even heard of that one. Well, wow. anyway, this individual found out I had that. He's offering me 350 for it. And then I find out through somebody else that there's a guy in the same chiller he sells to that's offering him $995 for the same thing. Oh, so I God. say, wait a minute. I go to the guy, listen, you want, I'll give it to you for 700 And he goes, oh, I don't want to get this guy angry at me. I'm like, well, then screw it. Then you pay more because I'm not selling it to him. Right. The funny thing about it that that's exactly what you're talking about. And I don't mind 
And, you know, I don't know if Chuck can tell you, Jude can tell you, people come visit me and they walk off with things that are worth hundreds of dollars. Like, -hmm. for example, Joe Pavlansky, I gave him a Frankenstein from Honor House, the plastic one, two part. That's like a four or $500 poster. I just gave it to him. Yeah. I gave Chuck, you know, I gave him, I gave Joe, I, I think, yeah, it was Joe. Uh, I don't even know if I say uh, the uh, you know the the thing from back of famous monsters the what do you call that thing that you hang in your neck the amulet from a uh, castle oh that the soil from Dracula's yeah. castle okay. oh, I, had, yeah. I, I sent that. I sent one to Joe an original with its number certificate I still got two left wow the point is that I give away things I'm not in it for the money if the person's a friend and then there's things you can do. But when you come and try like this jerk that wants to, I don't understand what he, like the fact he doesn't want me even to look at the thing. It's crazy. Like he wants to make sure. And then one day he he comes up to me, he has the nerve and say, oh, I got all this jungle habitat in New Jersey. I got the original commercial on 35 millimeter. Um, he asked me something and I said, good. And he goes, oh, if I want to say, I don't know, find out yourself, look it up on Google, I told him. Yeah. He actually had the nerve to ask me where he can go to appraise it. I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'll give you five cents for it. You know, you, you can always it. tell people where to go. Yeah. Yeah, well, so. The point, the point is, you know, it's so funny because I, I, you know, Richard, me and you, I didn't realize you had been in Chiller all that time, and you always sit next to a guy that used to make a lot of the mo, you know, a lot of the uh, models uh, mm-hmm. in resin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that individual. I know he got scared at the end there because then Disney hit him one time for making like the hitchhikers and yeah. Well, that individual guy, I bought for him so many over the years and he actually sold me a, he actually had it airbrushed professionally Elvira doll that mm. was, you know, about eight, not 18, about 12, 13 inches tall. And then I had Elvira sign it for me. Nice. Um, it was actually my friend bought it for me. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's like phenomenal. But I, I guess, Richard, we've come across a lot of the, of the people there. And they, anyway, listen, guys, before I forget here, we're running out of time here. It's been a great conversation. We have less than one minute left. So, Richard, is there anything you want to finish with? I want to thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, letting me tell stories that I rarely tell. And also that uh, you can check out my work on Instagram, The Batman Professor. Uh, please follow me there. All right. And what about you, Chuck and Sherry? Hey, just great, great, uh, very nice to meet you, Richard. And yes, you as well. Pleasure. Yes. All right. And, uh, so, come back again. Yeah, come back and we'll talk to you folks and, soon. Oh, gladly. Just for anybody, anybody who's hearing out there, please tune in to Stupid Comics. I think number nine is coming out soon. Yes. It'll be stupidcomicsmagazine.com. Uh, so other than that, God bless everybody. Have a beautiful day. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye now.